Good morning, Nat. How are you, man? I'm doing great. I hope you're um, I hope you're feeling okay, Pete, because I know I've one upped you on my my Zoom background. Yeah, I gotta get going on that. I I, I gotta tell you, I was supposed to uh, get a Zoom background and I was gonna get a fancy hat, but I didn't do it. But you know why is uh, the reason why I didn't uh, go get a fancy hat is uh, COVID nineteen. Yes, yeah. COVID nineteen. So my daughter, who's a, a, a senior in high school. She uh, she's getting a little stir crazy, so we we finally had to say, okay, you can start spending time with friends, right? But you got to wear a mask, got to be eight feet away. So we let her do it, right? She goes to a friend's house. What do you expect happens? The next day, the family has COVID nineteen. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. So so uh, so her friend got it, got the COVID nineteen. So we went through the whole testing, and now she has to wait like ten days. So the whole house is locked down. We're we're wearing masks and everything else. So crazy world, isn't it? Yep. I would be uh, glad when it warms up so we can be outside again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think everything now is zooming, right? I mean, I think a little bit about, you know, our Fran Choice Conference that we go to twice a year, you know, semi-annual conference. You know, we used to go to nice places like Florida and things like that. And we just got done doing four days of Zoom uh, with that conference. It was crazy. I was actually, I'm pretty impressed with Zoom. I didn't realize, you know, how we're able to, you know, there's all these breakout rooms. There's a lot of um, kind of like different things you can do with Zoom that as a consumer, you never realize. But once you get on the, the business side or almost like a, um, uh, a conference um, scenario, it can really facilitate a lot of interesting uh, conversations. Yeah, I think they had at least 50 mini conference rooms going at one time. Yeah, I go from a general session to one-on-one -on -one sessions with franchisors, and I think about the technology associated with taking people and moving them into these rooms, just like you're walking in. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, so, I really, I, I learned a lot, and it was interesting because you know I had a lot of assumptions kind of going into that, you know, and as franchise consultants, we're always trying to keep up, you know, up to date with what's going on in franchising, and uh, I was pretty impressed both with how service is doing and how retail is doing. And it wasn't all, you know, like my assumptions, you know, were that they were making a ass out of you and me. Well, you know, I think it is that you watch the news and sometimes you, you start believing the news yeah. that the world's uh, doomed. Uh, but I was pleased, you know, you think about the service-based businesses. I'm sharing the stories of how they stepped up and helped the franchisees and they adapt their business model. And, and to your point is that not only did they make it through you know, we're still in this COVID-19, but they, they come out of this backside is stronger with the yeah. pent-up demand. And there's been like that, um, I think it was the saying, the necessity is the mother of invention. There's been a lot of um, uh, invention or iteration where, you know, even if you're a service-based company, maybe you're doing, you know, the in-home quotes like virtual, like doing FaceTime, or I don't know exactly how they do it. Or even a lot of the fitness companies are doing like live classes or live instruction. So they're still maintaining their members or they're still getting booked in business, but they're doing it instead of having to drive there and pay for gas and mileage. Yeah. Uh, it's actually much more efficient. So this should be really interesting over, you know, the next next 10 years to see how, you know, what how this evolves. I th I'm thinking a lot of this is here to stay, to be honest. Well, I think so. I think a little bit about like the fitness concepts, though, what we're seeing is that people want that interaction. So yeah. Zoom is great. Doing the classes at your house is fine. But it's about going to doing that yoga class with your friend or that other 50 people. There's just energy. You, you see that in football stadiums. Anything else It's when people can get together. And I think that's what everybody's lacking. So I think they've made it through. 
And I think they will have a major uh, impact of how we go forward. Maybe it gives you more opportunities as a consumer, like Ferrell's, who we interviewed, right? I mean, it was, you can go to their facility or you can be anywhere in the country and take advantage of their body shaping stuff. I mean, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think for that kind of stuff, consistency is the key, right? You don't want to like take a, a week off or a month off because you might not ne- you might never come back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think from the standpoint of even businesses that you talk about adapting and, and making better. So I was talking to a home cleaning franchise, right? And they bought those hand sanit- the, the sanitizer guns, right? The yeah. battery powered ones and they sterilize rooms, the surfaces. It's pretty, they're like $600 tools. Well, they go in and they, they sterilize the house for, for people. So not only do they clean it, but they have these things and it, it's an added uh, feature that you can pay for. It's very cool. Do you feel like um, the people you're talking to, like you feel like there's more career transition than maybe there was, you know, last year, like 12 months ago, or do you feel like it's about the same? Yeah, I think we're seeing more of it uh, from that standpoint, just from the state is that people, because of COVID-19, no fault of their own, the company started downsizing, uh, they're, they're eliminating people. And I think companies have learned that, that they don't need as many managers. They don't need as many levels when you're, you're basically virtual. Well, yeah, I know. I go to my um, office building and literally there used to be you know, people everywhere. And, you know, the doors are closed in the middle of the day and you can look in and see it's, you know, the lights are off. So, you know, these offices that used to have 50, 75, 100 employees, they're all working from home. So maybe, like you said, maybe they are also finding out they don't need as many managers. I don't, you know, I don't know, but definitely it's a new world out there. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, from the standpoint is it's just, it's uh, the world is changing at a faster pace. And I think that's impacting it. So, and more people are kind of saying, hey, I'm, I'm ready to be in control. Right. And I think that's yeah. the, the biggest thing is they and they use the terms like I want to have career and income security. I, I don't want anybody to be able to say that I that I don't have a job anymore. I don't have an income. I think the thing that people also underestimate is franchising is basically always hyper local. So, you know, a lot of executives are, tra- you know, ha- historically were traveling all over the U.S. Maybe they have 75, 90 percent travel when you own your own business and it really doesn't matter if it's fitness or house cleaning or whatever, it's going to be hyper local. So it's literally, you know, going to be a three to 10 mile radius, which is kind of beautiful because, you know, it's like you get up, roll out of bed, have your coffee or, you know, do whatever, you know, you're at the office like five minutes later, or if it's, you know, your office is at your house, you're, you're already there. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, when you've been used to traveling and then all of a sudden COVID-19 pulled you off the road, all of a sudden you realize what you've been missing. Yeah. I mean, and you go, holy cow, I I don't know if I want to go back on the road, especially with all this COVID stuff. And so I think people are going, hey, I want to live life on my terms. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the fun part about what we do is just listening to people and learning about them and helping them, I think, be able to visualize what's possible for them. You know, you and it's almost that saying, like, you, you know, you forget what you know, because you and I have been owned our own business for so long that we kind of forget, you know, what it was like to to have to go ask for uh, approval. You know, is it okay if I do this? Yeah. It's like we just, we make our own schedule now and uh, you know. Doesn't mean you work less, it just is on your terms, right? Well, I, I always I always say entrepreneurs only work half days and then, you know, of course the punchline is 12 hours a day. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think that's right. I mean, it's all about that. Sean, do you have any, were you going to join us? Did you have any questions? I don't remember. Yeah, so I was just interested to hear about what does your day look like? 
like you're talking about, you know, your five, you know, when you wake up, you're in your office. So what is your, what do you do in the morning? Like, how do you get started and where does it go from there? You want to take that one, Pete? Oh boy. Yeah, of course. So, so I'm a shot. I'm a morning person. And I got that from the corporate world. Uh, when I was uh, in the corporate world, my goal was always to be the first one in the office. And so, <laughs> um, I, I accomplished that all but one, uh, one job where I had a boss that got in there like four in the morning. I could never beat him. So I've always had this idea is get up early. That's kind of my time. And so I will prep for my day, get ready and, and spend time doing that. Um, and then I start uh, really kind of digging in and focus on my vital few things from like seven to eight. And then I'm on the phone basically with candidates from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's nonstop. I take about uh, half an hour maybe for lunch uh, from that standpoint, but I'm just going. So I, I eat breakfast at my desk. I eat uh, lunch uh, at my desk uh, from that standpoint. And I get the great opportunity to be talking to people all over the country in different phases of the process of investigating franchises, whether it's considering doing that, uh, going through the process to uh, doing a consultation call where I get to learn about them, to introducing them to franchise companies aligned with their interests. So I get to be on the phone all day with really cool people from all over the country. And, and at, uh, at five, I'm off the phone and then I start prepping for the next day. So I'll put about an hour, hour and a half into getting ready for the next day uh, whether it's franchise introductions or preparing for a consultation call or following up on anything. So, uh, you know, I'm working probably, uh, we'll call it 12, 12 hours a day. Yeah. So half days, half days, <laughs> but you know, there's a difference, right? If you're working for somebody else, 12 hours is much different than if it's yours. Right. So it, it's, it's my business. I get to do it. It's my passion. I love it. And if I want to go to my daughter's basketball game, I can, it just means I'm going to work, earlier, I'm going to work later, but I'm going to get to do what I want to do. Yeah. Oh, and I think part of it is, you know, working hard. It's like we have, I think you and I both have that old, you know, that work ethic. So working hard is actually what makes us feel good and productive. So, you know, we're choosing even a lot of times, you know, on kind of those holiday weekends and stuff, I like to sneak off to the office and get some work done because then I feel productive. So, yeah. Well, I think both of us had fathers that were entrepreneurs and they drove that, that work ethic, right? I know you at an early age worked in your dad's business. My dad had me doing crazy things uh, for him in his business. So yeah. my dad was uh, a bricklayer and had one of his favorite lines, which I didn't like, but he always would say, every brick you lay, son, is one less that I have to lay. <laughs> oh yeah you know my, my dad, days. yeah so my my dad uh was kind of ruthless right so he used to give cars to the minnesota vikings uh the players and the coaches right so when i turned 16 he saw a great opportunity so when they didn't return their cars he would have somebody drive me up to their practice field in Eden prairie and drop me off with a spare set of keys and the only way that i was getting home was repossessing that car Oh my gosh. <laughs> Talk about you know, like I mean, driving it like it's like you stole it. <laughs> I, I run through the parking lot, right? Because you know you're scared. You know, somebody's gonna grab you, right? And I, I literally would run looking for that car, I get that car and I just take off. It was uh, but that was just the way my dad was. He just it, you just do what you gotta do to get it done. Yeah. What were some of the um, in-demand cars back then? Out of just out of curiosity for the players. Yeah. Well, you know, I think they, he probably gave him practical cars, but, okay. uh, you know, the, the one that was really cool was the, the Mustang, right? The five Mustang. 
that was just uh i learned how to drive a stick on that car <laughs> hopefully before you hopped in and realized that hey this one's a stick oh no <laughs> oh you know kid, my dad gave me a car and said go figure it out right and, and and i still remember being on a hill and the darn car rolling down the hill because i couldn't make that that difference so but that was my dad's just you just figure it out you, you get it done yeah i think we all owe a lot to our parents and i think a lot of reason why people invest in a business i hear this quite consistently as I want to create a legacy for my family. So your kids being able to see you working and having your own business, you know, as a business owner, you know, for our candidates and all that, you know, it really, you can, cannot underestimate how much that's going to influence their life forever. Well, I think they're growing up in a much different world than even yeah. you and I did, right? We're in this gig economy. And I believe that the days of you get a degree and then you go get a job, you know, with a good company, I think those are diminishing. And so our kids are going to have to create their own opportunities. And so if we can expose them to being entrepreneurs at an early age, even though they may not necessarily be working in a business, they're exposed to it. So they're more comfortable so that when it is the time where they have to create their own opportunity, they, they've been exposed to it. So I think there's a real advantage to kids growing up in a family where their the parents are entrepreneurs. What do you think the, um, your kids are, you know, my kids are not in college yet, but what do you think is like the average college investment these days for four years? Well, I think it's, you know, you, you look at merit money, stuff like that, but I, I got to think it's 120 to, you know, call it $160,000. Yeah. Oh, that's about what it takes to invest in a franchise. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think college is, is good for kids, right? You are learning and stuff like that. So I, I would never take anybody away because once you have that college degree, nobody can, nobody, uh, it, you have it for life, right? But yeah. I, the idea is, is that I think you can take those skills. Like I was reading um, something the other day. They said the MBA students now, a good portion of them when they get their MBA are not looking to get a job at the company, but rather to go start a company you know, start their own. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I think you're, you're seeing that trend. They know the importance of the education, but they want to use that education to start a business opposed to. That's interesting. Awesome. Well, Pete, it was awesome hanging out with you a little bit today. Any other big plans? Well, no, I'm going to go buy a nice hat and go work on a, getting a Zoom background, of course. Well, you know, I'm glad I could help, help raise the bar, Pete. You certainly have done that. Yes. So, all right, man. Have a great week. All right. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.